friends, welcome to Fearless, a podcast for beauty professionals ready to take your career to the next level. I'm your host, Alex Torres. In these episodes, you'll hear from successful professionals in and out of the industry. We'll dig deep to hear about obstacles they've overcome and how through living authentically, they've achieved their biggest goals. My hope is with each listen, we can all live a little more authentically and ultimately fear a little less. Hi guys, welcome back. It's episode two already of Fearless. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, This week I get to sit down with one of my best friends uh, in work and her name is Jessie Lewis. Many of you may know her. For those of you who don't, she is an amazing friend of mine, an amazing mother. But not only that, she is a manager of training for an incredible brand and as she likes to call herself, a small business CEO. And I think so many of us can... Uh, relate to that or may not even think of ourselves in that term. But when you really think about it, if you're running your space, you're your own CEO. And so I hope that you guys can connect with that in this episode. Um, Jesse talks about things from how she's dealing with COVID as a uh, small business CEO to some of the incredible things she's doing with her team. And then also what she's using this time for to leverage her resources to learn and grow and how she's building a community of hairdressers to um, collaborate on learning and growing together. And I appreciate the stories and the sentiment that she shares so much. I hope you all learn a little bit from Jesse and hopefully can ultimately live your truth and always remember your why. So everyone, thank you so much. Enjoy the one and only Jesse Lewis. So, hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast and uh, and doing this remote for the first time. So hopefully we make it all the way through. <laughs> yes, I'm excited too. I'm appreciative for the opportunity to come and join you in this uh, in this space. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I just, you know, I was I was thinking about where we are um, right now in the world and um, you wear so many different hats from being a salon owner or a small business CEO, which I want to talk about a little bit later, um, and also the manager of trading for a brand. So there's just so many, and you're a mom and a wife and you've got, there's just so many layers to you. And I felt like you would be the, you know, a great person to have on right now in this space and time specifically. So um, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of hats, but I'm, I'm blessed to wear all of them. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. I guess I should also say you're one of my uh, best friends. So that helps too. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what makes well, this exciting for me. I'm, I'm happy that you are in this space and on this platform and that more of the world can get to know Alex and, um, you know, just the, the heart that you have for people. Um, it's a blessing to be a part of this with you and I'm appreciative for what you're doing for the industry and for, for everybody in it, Alex. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate you. Um, all right. So let's get into it. I would, I want to start by, I mean, there's places I want to take this, but I'd love to start by having a conversation just about, or have you tell everyone, um, a little bit about you and your backstory. So like, how did you get into the beauty industry? What led, and then, you know, how did you get to where you are now wearing all these different hats? Sort of tell me a little bit about you, your upbringing, and then how you got to this place now. Okay. I feel like that could get long-winded, so I'll do my best to keep it concise. Um, So I'm originally from Wyoming and um, I always thought, you know, especially through, through high school that I was going to become an English, an English professor and um, you know, life throws you curveballs now and then. And um, I wound up having my first son very young at at, uh, 19 and it shifted, you know, my priorities in that time. So Um, I actually was working um, at a great little company, believe it or not, selling perfume and cologne in parking lots of all things um, in the middle of Phoenix, Arizona at this time. Yes. So (laughs) 
lots of lots of hats I've worn over the years. Let me tell you, Alex. But um, my boss at the time took me for a pedicure, and um, this is when I was, you know, nine months pregnant, ready to have my son, and. I was processing what to do next in life and had decided uh, because of all the classes I had been going to that I wanted to get into the medical profession. Um, And so I thought, well, I wonder what this pedicure thing is all about, what it takes to do this. Like, what a cool job to come in and and make people feel this great every day. It's got to be pretty rewarding. So I did some research and yeah, I realized, okay, the schooling isn't terribly long. Uh, you can find a job in the industry, working hours that make sense for you. So it was something I could do while I put myself through med school. And believe it or not, you can make an incredible living at it if you were good and, and you focus. So um, so off to cosmetology school I went. Uh, and I'll never forget. I'm just going to share this if it's okay. Um, I called my mom to tell my mom that I was going to go to cosmetology school. And she was so confused. She's like, Jess, I'm confused. You mean to do hair? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you don't even do your own hair. (laughs) And she was so so right. I was not that girl that grew up cutting my Barbie's hair. I had no idea that this is the space and place I would find myself in. And, um, you know, that... That to me is just God putting me on the path that he had intended for me all along. Um, you know, a couple months into cosmetology school, I was asking my instructors, what do you have to do to become a teacher in this space? You know, education is just, it's just been in my blood for, for forever. So, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years behind the chair. At this point, I've moved to Florida um, and uh, started working in a... Um, Salon Professional Academy, actually, teaching. Love, love, love teaching. Did that for about five years and decided that, you know, I missed getting my own hands in here and and tapping into my creative space um, as an artist. So I went back behind the chair. Uh, Only did that for a few months before I was like, wait a minute, I need some education in my life. And then that's when um, an opportunity presented itself with Matrix. So worked behind the chair, started teaching for Matrix. Uh, Within a year, I opened my first salon company and it was just a tiny little two chair operation. And um, I've just grown a really beautiful team over that time. Um, We've moved into a larger space. I've got, you know, a team of eight now in my salon company, and uh, we want to grow just maybe two more, two more artists, and then we'll be where we want to be as a team. And um, about three years ago, my lead and mentor moved up to New York from Matrix, and um, the space opened up to become a regional education manager with the brand. And I sat down with my salon team and you know, we had a, an open, candid conversation about what life would look like if I, you know, stepped away from behind the chair and from being in the salon company as much as I was to take on this opportunity to reach more and teach more and hopefully inspire and empower our industry in, in an even bigger footprint. And uh, here we are. I guess it's almost four months now, or four years now that I've been full-time with the brand and, and still been growing my salon company. And uh, yeah, so now we've, we switched roles about 18 months ago, which sort of set us up for this space we're in now digitally, but we can talk more about that later. But um, yeah, so Karina and I lead training and we're, you know, over 300 artists across the network. And uh, I just get to connect with people that I love and that inspire me every day and, um, and have an amazing salon company to come home to every day that, that do great things there too. So, and then of course my family has grown and, and I've, it's all goodness. Lots of good things in my life, Alex. I'm very blessed and grateful. There are, there are lots of good things. You, uh, what a what a whirlwind of a story! And you did a really good job at um, tailoring that down to a few minutes. So, kudos to you. <laughs> it would have probably taken me, you know, you know me. I'm, I can talk for hours, so it probably would have taken me a week to get through that story. <laughs> I was trying. Um, I was trying. 
it's so funny. I knew so much of that stuff about you, but I hadn't heard those stories in so long. And I was thinking, you know, I was I was the kid that was cutting my sister's Barbie's hair and, and you know, you and you sort of fell into it differently. But I think what's so cool is that everybody's got a little bit of a different story, but then there's also connections in different places. Like I thought I was gonna be a high school band director, you were gonna be an English teacher, and here we both are, you know. So it's just so interesting how things fall into place. Um and really I can't wait to dive more into so much of this of these little pieces with you. Um, but as a small business owner, um, and, and a mo- I mean, there's just so many things, all of these things, all these hats that you wear right now come into play in a totally different way. And that's because we're in such an interesting place and in space in the world right now with, um, coronavirus. And I felt like it would be a disservice for us to, have this podcast and not discuss um, the weight of what's happening and and what's happening for so many of us, whether we're um, small business owners, stylists behind the chair, parents, I mean, you know, you name it. Um, There's, there's just a lot happening right now. And even people we know, I know I woke up this morning to see um, Mustafa, who I absolutely love and adore. And I know you do as well is currently in the hospital fighting coronavirus. It's just, uh, it's just a crazy place and, and space to be in. So um, I first, that. I think we should all say thoughts, prayers, love, good vibes to um, Mustafa. 100%. And uh, and then let's, and then I'd like to talk about, you know, um, as a business owner, where, where's your head at? And, and what are you, how are you dealing with all of this? Yeah. Yeah, geez, there's a lot going on, right? Um, hmm. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I am situated in central Florida, and my salon company is in a small town outside of a large retirement community. It's, it's called The Villages, and it's actually the largest retirement community in the country, I think, still, um, and growing crazy. Um, and so... We've just recently started having cases of COVID in this space. And so we, um, they started doing some shutdowns this week, but we've not gotten the directive from our local community that we had to close our space. However, um, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to me that I have very, very open communication with my team and my salon company. And so we've had a lot of meetings, um, you know, I think I, at least three in the last two weeks live, and then many phone calls and text messages in our groups talking out loud and with each other how we're feeling, where are we at, what are our guests feeling, like uh, financially, what can we all navigate to make sure that, you know, my team is taken care of. Um, and at the end of the day, when we sat down at the beginning of the week this last week, we, we collectively decided that um, whether or not the county was going to shut us down, it was, um, you know, our responsibility to take care of our community too. And so Mm -hmm. we decided this past Friday to close down at the end of the day. And, um, you know, we're grateful for a lot of things. Um, you know, they're going to be able to file for unemployment. We're going to figure out a way to get through this. My husband and I do the best we can with our business. So we know that we'll have a home to come back to at the end of this. Um, so our headspace this last week has been on, okay, what do we have to do to make sure that, you know, all the loose ends are tied up, all the guests are, are, um, you know, connected with and know what's going on and what's happening. Um, you know, how do I make sure that my team feels very comfortable going into this space and, um, not fearing, um, what the next step looks like. Right. And, um, and then focused on what what do we do to stay connected with our guests over these next however many weeks we have to be closed? How do we, right. um, you know, I, I said it on a little video I posted on my social media, but we as hairdressers in our salon companies, it's not just a place that people come to have their hair done and, and to look amazing when they leave, although although they do. They 
come to our space because of what they feel like when they're there. They can come in having a rough day or a rough week or having gone through traumatic experiences, sit down with someone on our team and literally walk away feeling like a new person with weight lifted off of their shoulders and their soul filled in an entirely different way than it was when they walked through the door. And that's why we do what we do. You know, the beautiful hair is just a byproduct. So, you know, what are we going to do these next few weeks so that our guests genuinely feel our love and our concern and our connectedness and our hope and our light and, and knowing that this is just temporary and we will all come out of this at the end. Um, so I, that's where our headspace has been. What are we going to do? <laughs> How I, can we yeah. No, I love it. But it's all from, um, it's all from the why behind why so many of us do what we do. Right. And it's the heart of the hairdresser. Um, and I just, I love hearing how, how much you, and I know probably everyone listening to this is processing yeah. so much of the same things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like you've done a really great job with staying connected with your team. And so um, I would really love if you would share uh, a little bit of like, what are the, what what do these meetings look like with your team? And then what types of resources? Cause I know you've given them lots of resources. I'd love for you to share some of that so that other salon owners, you know, as they're closing and shutting their doors um, can communicate some of those same amazing things with their teams as well. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Um, I'm a big believer. And I think a lot of us are in the more we know, the more knowledge we have, the more power we have in a situation to, to not feel helpless right? And to not let worry consume us. When we have steps and actions that we can take to set ourselves up for success, then it doesn't feel as scary going into it. So that was my biggest intention this last week. And um, so I did a few different things. um, And some of these things we actually mimicked within our, um, you know, our matrix artistic network as well to support our artists on our team. we, you know, I, I researched what is out there in support of, um, you know, people who are not going to be employed or not going to have work for however long this turns out to be, especially in certain communities, right? So um, I created a, a resource guide, if you will, and shared it with my team prior to our last in-person meeting that we had this past Monday when we decided to close the doors. Um, and I had it broken down into four different categories. We had, um, you know, some national resources listed in there. It's very important to stay educated, in my opinion. Um, and so I put resources like the CDC and who the World Health Organization. Um, I even added in some legislative pieces, right? So the um, the National Governor's Legislation, I believe is what it's called. I can share these links with you, Alex, if you want to post them, um, you know, in your uh, in your description on, on your podcast, uh, to make sure yeah, I'm right, I would, but I'd love that. Yeah, you got it. Um, but I think it's, it, it, this is not, um, and this is what we spoke a lot about. This isn't a cookie cutter situation for all communities across the country. Each area has got its own unique nuances. And of course, each state is going to be governed by different legislatures. So for as much as we'd like to say like, oh, all of these things were passed and it's amazing, it doesn't mean that all the states have to follow all of it. So it's very important to know what your specific state and community are doing in support of you at this time. So, you know, I put some local resources in there as well. Um, and I and I also added in, um, you know, the second segment was more on what could you do in advance of this to set yourself up for success. So what I mean when I say that is, Uh, I'm sure many of you are seeing there are so many companies really stepping up in a beautiful way right now. And my suggestion to the team was, if you are financially going to be challenged through this space, then set yourself up for success by making calls now before you're in a space where you can't make a payment, right? So call your car loan company, call your mortgage company, call your electric company, right? Make those phone calls now in advance and start to figure out what programs are you setting up in support of me if and when I am not financially in a space where I can make this payment. 
the more you set yourself up in advance, the less fear you have going into it. Um, and then of I course that. I shared, um, you know, some other community resources in there as well, our, our local food banks. Um, there's a lot of kids now that, uh, you know, I think in most communities, if not all at this point, kids are, um, the schools have shut down and we've all had to shift into a virtual education space for our kids at home. Um, which means there's a lot of people who, a lot of kids who are not going to have food at the end of the day. Um, there's a lot of people across the nation that get their meals, breakfast and lunch at school, and then they don't have dinner that night. So, um, mm -hmm. sorry, I got a little emotional for a second, but no, it's, it's, it's real. Our community gives to us. They're the ones that come and sit down in our chairs and pay our bills. So it's important if and when we can to give back to, excuse me. So I shared, you know, some local resources that way as well. Um, and then we, I, I did a segment in there on what we can do as a team to continue to elevate our business and to stay connected through this. So um, I created a list of ideas on what we could do socially. Um, we're actually coming up with a digital calendar of classes that each of the girls are going to be able to share a space on, um, you know, on social media and do some live digital education. Actually, that was a great idea that you, um, brought to the table for us, Alex. So thanks for that suggestion. Um, <laughs> of course. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to find ways that, you know, it, Social media is a big deal in what we do behind the chair, and we all complain that we don't have the time to do it. So this, these next few weeks is not the time to sit down in front of Netflix or, um, you know, to go and relax by the pool all day long. I mean, by all means, do what you want to do. But for us, we're focused on how can we take the time that we're being given, be grateful for this opportunity, and turn it into something more when we're ready to come back in the salon. How do we maintain relationships while we're not face-to-face -face with people? How do we continue to elevate our own skill set and stay inspired and stay focused on the light in this moment when we could just sit down and end up in this, in this um, you know, really negative headspace? So um, some great ideas that we shared in there, um, shared some resources that I was seeing some really good, um, you know, like Jamie Dana does a great job with her social media. I shared some of her yeah. tools. Um, Summit Salon Business Center has got some really great resources. I shared some of their resources, things like that, so that they had an idea on where to start, right? What to look for um, in what was out there. And then the last segment that I did in this resource guide was, um, you know, in support of their own well-being. And, um, you know, I've got several people on my team that have kids at home. So um, in support of the kids being being at home and not able to go out and do the things that they're accustomed to doing, some fun ways to, to keep learning and to have fun and to connect with their parents and hopefully find some inspiration and um, some creative outlets as they're at home with their families as well. So it was sort of a four-point guide that I a four-part guide that um, I put together and shared with them. And then we keep adding to it. You know, we've got a group chat and they keep adding their own things as they see stuff and we're sharing and communicating as we go right now. So, so far, so good. Yeah. I, um, I love that. And that now, now for everyone listening, you can hear exactly why I had Jesse on during this time. Um, <laughs> and it's no. because she's so thorough um, as a, salon owner, uh, and, and, and so many aspects of life, but, um, there was a lot in there. And so I think for the stylists that are listening, you probably heard some really great things that you can use. And then for salon owners, what a great idea to create a, um, a resource guide for your staff and for your team with, um, all of these different pieces. So like the national resources, um, what to do in advance for your stylist. Like, I mean, people don't think, you know, everyone starts to stress out about the financial burdens and don't think to, to call. I know, um, you know, in my family, my, uh, sister got laid off. She's in the service industry, um, as well. And so she got laid off in this time and called her car loan company and, um, they were able to defer her loan by two months. And so just like you're saying, just picking up the phone and, and doing some of that stuff will help prepare you for, um, the burden afterwards or, or prepare you to hopefully have less of a burden afterwards. Um, and then 
community resources. I love the thought of giving back where we can um, because we're everyone's struggling, right? So, and there's always somebody struggling more than you. So I just think it's, it's so valuable. Um, And just to remember that through these moments and, uh, and then I really love what you guys are focusing on digitally to stay connected to, uh, to your guests through this time. And that I think is the big piece is making our guests, you know, when we teach Salon Emotion and, and Summit and things to salons, it's always about um, this, this revolving experience that starts before the guest walks through the door and, and doesn't end until they're coming back in. So what a great way to leverage what we have with social media to still have conversations um, with our guests when they're not in the salon. So I just really think you've made um, great use of your time and really connected with your team. And I know that they feel that from you. And then I loved the last little piece was that group chat. I'm sure most of you have that going, but if you're on a salon team, like get a group chat going and, and collaborate with each other. It's such a, um, a great idea. So I just oh, appreciate powerful. you sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And we will, um, we'll make sure that we get links to a lot of this stuff in the show notes for you guys so that, um, you know, you can access some of these resources after, uh, after we're, we're through today. So I'll make sure that we put those in the show notes for you guys as well. Uh, yeah. So I love what you're doing with your, with your salon and your guests. And then I've also noticed lately if I, to, to sort of, lean in a new direction what I you're also doing your best to utilize this time to um for with with things of value and so one of the things I've noticed lately on your social media is you're doing a lot of these um videos and having conversations with salon owners and small business owners um and and talking about books and things so so talk to me about um what can I what are some things I can do in this time that are that are uplifting that can help me you know, through these moments? Ah, good question. Yeah. Um, (laughs) For real. So it's, it's interesting, Alex, you know, but you're one of very few that know that um, for several months, I've been trying to uh, work on putting together. um, I I don't want to call it a consulting company. I don't know what I want to call it yet. I'm still, (laughs) I'm still trying to navigate that piece, but I know that as a small business owner, there have been a lot of times when I've felt very lonely um, in trying to, uh, you know, lead my team and, and make the best decisions I can for my team. And, um, and I know that um, I've learned a lot and I have a lot of mentors and people to thank for that. And it's important to me that as a community, especially of small business owners, that we come together and we support and encourage and inspire one another. We are not alone in this space, even though we often feel it. And so I uh, am so glad that you asked that question to be able to um, share some things that work for me. And then, um, you know, at the end, when we share where to find me, like those of you that are listening that are in this too, I want to know what's working for you. Like we can do this together. And nobody has to feel separated or alone in making these decisions or, or trying to decide where to go or find spaces or resources to support us. So um, some of the things that really keep me focused and um, driven, um, definitely reading, right? Like uh, I'm all into reading. <laughs> I have to tell you that, uh, you know, the things that we know are nothing compared to the things that so many other people know when we share it together. So, um, you know, I love to read books by other leaders who have done incredible things, who have been through some really tough shit and learned how to come out of it and what, what resources they used and, and how they dug deep to find their way out of those situations. So, um, reading to me is very powerful. Um, and, um, I love you that. know, I, I find, yeah. And I, I love that you said, what know. was, you said a quote that was like, um, what, what we know is so much less than what others have uh, learned and are, and are willing to share. Is that, did I get that kind of right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you did. And I think what I meant was like my my tiny little life experience it, it, for for whatever, for as many hats as I've worn, the space and place that I personally as one person bring up is so minute compared to what the breadth of all of us sharing collectively can be. And so mm. to assume that I know what it is to uh what uh, to to have a multi-million dollar business that I'm trying to run like Microsoft and that I could walk into Microsoft and do an exceptional job is just silly. But could I learn things from somebody that's running Microsoft at that capacity for sure? And would they come and run my small business the way that I do? Of course not. But could I share things with them? And could we all collectively do that for one another so that we learn little nuggets that will support us in the space and place that we're in in this moment, right? And that, that like, I, I am very small compared to the breadth of what's out there and available to me to tap into to try to learn to be the best that I can be in my space and the same as I would love for other people to feel empowered to be the best that they can be in their space. No, so I, I love that. And I think that what... 100%. And I think that what you're doing is so cool to, to for for you to find those resources yourself and read these books but but then to get, to start to create a community of like-minded people um, who are all trying to grow in that space and be able to collaborate and share will just um I don't know c- to continue to f- to feed that fire and expand the flame um a good flame. <laughs> but yeah. I think it's I think it's a really Smart idea. And I have to just also say that, um, and I know you do this too, but I just want to call it out because if I was listening to this podcast and this story um, five years ago, I probably would be like, eh, I'm never going to read. Um, and so if you're not a big, re- <laughs> if you're not a big reader, um, don't forget that Audible is a real thing and um, listening to audiobooks can be just as effective um, as sitting down and reading. So I, and I know you use Audible a lot as well. And I just wanted to throw that out to the universe to make sure people aren't running away from reading because they don't want to sit down and read the pages or live on the road like some of us do. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Listen, when I say read, you're right. I don't very often pick up a book and read. But I like, as we spoke about earlier, I do a lot of things. I have a lot of different hats. Many of us do. So when I'm getting ready in the morning, it starts when I hop in the shower, my audible book goes on to the time I start blow drying my hair at the end. I am listening to a book all morning while I get ready because that's the space and place when I can do it really effectively. And I've got my little notebook. I take some notes down as I go and some books I buy so I can have it like physical and highlight. But for sure, Audible is amazing, especially for busy lifestyles. I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) I have to tell you, I'm sitting at my... um at my desk in my office right now. And I'm actually staring at a book that you let me borrow called raving fans. So, and that was probably a couple of years ago and um, you'd love it back. So just want to say you've been recommending great books for, for years. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Okay. So I'm actually in the middle of three different books right now. Um, the hard thing about hard things, uh, Rachel Hollis brought this book up again on her podcast recently, and it reminded me it's been a long time since I read it. It's so good, you guys. And we are genuinely in a space where, uh, you know, there are some hard decisions that we're having to make as, as small business owners. Um, and so uh, it's just, he's got a lot of really powerful stories and messages in there that I'm enjoying at this very moment. Um, Radical Candor is another book that I'm reading. Uh, it is so good. I am for sure going to plan some content around sharing um, pieces that I've learned through that book. And then um, Simon Sinek is another that I'm obsessed with. So the infinite game he's he's come out with, he just did this piece the other day about how the situation that we're in right now is absolutely not unprecedented, even though that's what everybody keeps saying. And I that this might get get some comments on your, on your feed, Alex, but, um, business is (laughs) business all the time because they are not capable or willing or, or, um, or uh, I don't know another way to, to say this, but they're they're They don't move where the market tells them they have to move in order to stay relevant. 
And so he did this great piece the other day, but the infinite game, radical candor. Um, and then of course the teacher in me is always working on, on something for uh, facilitation. So I'm reading a book again called make it stick. And it's all about how our brains um, work and, and learn and, and create pathways so that we retain information. And so those things just empower me to show up in the best way I can as a facilitator and try to connect those, those pathways for people. So got a lot of books. I'm I love in the middle that. Of. <laughs> I know. I, just, I, I was just like writing them all down. I know I've already downloaded radical candor. I guess I need the infinite game and the hard thing about hard things I think sounds good. I think I already have make it stick, but I need to actually read it. Yeah, so that's um, I, I will say <laughs> uh, if you can read four or five books at once, then I think all of us listening to this can try to just pick up one, right? And and get something out of it. On top of all the other things you're doing. Yeah, I'm just reading four books and running a company and <laughs> but I love it. And um I'm laughing and joking and, and all of these things. I just I appreciate you sharing that. Um however, I, I, I know I've spent the last, I don't know, how what are we at now? Half an hour. Um Mm-hmm. raving about how amazing you are and all of the amazing things that you've accomplished. Um, but this podcast is called Fearless and mm-hmm. um, it's about overcoming fears. And I know we've talked a little bit about it, but I just want to know, like, you didn't, you didn't wake up and have a, you know, great salon company with an amazing team and leading an education team for one of the best education, you know, brands for education in the industry that, that those things don't just happen overnight. And I'm sure there was a lot of little voices and things that you've had to overcome to, to get to where you are. So for people who are like, wow, I want to be able to be like Jesse Lewis one day um, and think it's so far out of reach. It, it might've felt like that for you one at one point in your life too. And so I just want you to, um, share some things that you've had to overcome to get to the space and place that you're in now. Mm. Yeah, a lot. I mean, I I think that pretty much anybody that if you really get down into people's stories, um, there's, there's always fears, some really big and and some smaller in the moment and in the day to day that we, um, you know, that we show up. I mean, sitting here and doing this right now is overcoming a fear of, <laughs> of, of a podcast. I've never done one. And so, um, you know, thank you for helping me overcome this in this moment. Um, oh. yeah, so you're doing um, amazing. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Alex. Um, okay. So a lot of things, right. I think that, um, a fear of, Letting people down is a fear that I try to overcome daily. Um, Those of you Mm. that are close to me know that I am, um, I always, like when I talk about this, I don't want it to sound like it's negative because I, I don't think that it is, but I have this desire to show up perfect. Uh, And I think that a lot of people do. And when we think that we have to show up perfect, we stop ourselves from doing things because uh, we get in our own way and we get in our own head and we're fearful that people are going to, um, you know, find flaw in what we bring to the table. And, um, and so that has really, that's, believe it or not, led me to a lot of the amazing opportunities that I've had because it, it forces me, uh, good or bad, to put in the hard work and um, a lot of um, time and energy into doing things at 100%. It also has really kept me from trying new things because I have this fear that I'm not going to show up perfect. And so, you know, that when I first started teaching, I was scared to death that somebody was going to ask me a question I did not know the answer to. Um, and it took a lot of showing up and a lot of not having the answers. And I still find myself in spaces where I'm trying to overcome that fear. Uh, mm. um, but it's less and less than it used to be because I keep pushing myself through it. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think, um, I think a lot of people can connect with that um, fear of letting people down and that perfectionist um, 
mentality and and I love that you shared because like you know there's 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 great things and then things that are challenging with fears because one of the good things is that you when you do show up you, you usually show up 110% right um mm-hmm. but I think the the thought of um not not trying something because of a fear of perfection and how that can kind of hold you back um is something that probably a lot of us can also connect with i know it's what challenges me sometimes from trying a lot of things including getting to this to do this podcast and then finally i was just like you know what screw it i'm gonna put it out there and and i would go out on a limb to say i bet that a lot of times when you put yourself out there even with the fear of perfection um it ends up all being good. And then you learn through the process. 100%. 100%. Yeah. That's just it, right? That's why I love that you're doing this. And I love that it's called fearless, right? Like we all have, we all have fear. I, I don't care who you are. We're all afraid of things, right? But to your point, if we can focus on how to overcome that and just push through it, I mean, amazing, beautiful things happen for not just ourselves, but for the people that we're around and, and the inspiration it can bring to others. I, I am so inspired by you doing this, Alex, and, Thanks. Um, and pushing through that. You say you've, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's, it's been a fun challenge and an exciting challenge. And I'm, you know, today I'm learning how to do a remote recording. So hopefully this works and we've got a great episode that we can share with people. Um, but something else that, that, that sort of bleeds and runs through me. And it's something that, um, that you always have said, and, and it's, and I think I, I now share it with people all the time and it's, um, with this fear of perfection and and this fear of all, all of these, all these little voices and all these things, like um, if it's about stepping outside of your, outside of your comfort zone or trying something new or um, being afraid to fall on your face, just remember when you go for something to always remember your why. Um, And that's a lesson that you taught me. And I think that um, if we all can remember our why, then all of those, like, doesn't mean we're not going to fall on our face but, or screw something up or say something wrong. Or like you said earlier, worried about the things that come out of your mouth and someone blowing up my comment thread. I mean, I don't really give a shit because it's your, like, you know, your why (laughs) and, um, and the reason behind that. And so I just think if, if everyone's just true to their core, right. And, and, and knows their why, then I don't know, it makes those things a little bit, uh, easier or you can feel safer knowing that, you're, you're being the best version of you. 100%. I could not agree with that more. I, um, I, I have been on this really big, like kick on transparent conversations and, um, it's interesting. Uh, I hope it's okay. I'm going here for a second, Alex. Um, yeah. You know, uh, in my role as a regional education manager, I got to spend a lot of time in a lot of different types of salon companies with a lot of different types of business owners. And we all bring something unique to the space and place that we're in. And, um, you know, especially when I was really young in owning my salon company and um, being so uh, intimately close as a leader with the team, it was it's always been a part of my DNA to have transparent conversation. And for a very long time, um, and even in previous spaces I've held with, with other bosses, uh, it was frowned upon and negative the way that I tried to be very authentic and honest with my team. And I think that there's, um, and this is just my opinion, so take it or leave it, but I think that there are a lot of leaders of organizations that feel like, um, there's certain things that we need to keep to ourselves as the leaders, right? Like, well, I don't need to talk about our finances with the team. I don't need to ask them their opinion about this. I, I am the owner and I can come in here and I can put what's best in place for this team because that's my job. And, um, and their why could be strong, right? But they, but they haven't shared their why with their team. And when, 
as I've evolved this company and as I've watched other people that I really look up to up to as mentors and I continue to see the progression of where we're going, uh, I recognize that there there is so much value in being honest and real with the people that you surround yourself with, whether you are a leader or a peer or you're uh, you know, learning from somebody like it is mm-hmm. so important to have honest conversations and be, and if you are saying the things that you're saying with your genuine why in mind, even hard conversations can be had in a really powerful, beautiful way where people walk away with their integrity intact, with an understanding of an expectation and what the outcome needs to be, but knowing that the person who's saying it to them said it because they care and they value them enough to be honest with them is a really big deal. And it, it always goes back to your why. Mm. Oh, good ones, bad ones, you know, hard conversations, simple appreciation conversations, whatever that looks like, it always goes back to your why. And if you stay true in that, people will want to be a part of that with you and they will find their own truth in it and in, and in their own space. Uh I couldn't agree more. And it's uh it's that authentic or that authenticity and that truth in a um in a leader that encourages the their team to also be authentic and true. And so when your team is being honest with you, you can find your way um, to the core of a lot of challenges in your business or with your team that are much easier to overcome when you're just having an honest and real conversation. It's so much bigger. Um, there, there's there's so much less to hide for everybody involved. And, uh, and it always leads to um, a better end place, even in those tough conversations. I just love that. Um, I love that you shared that piece. And I hope that people, you know, if I I would say, if you didn't listen hard enough, rewind and listen to that little segment all over again, because that is powerful. Um, just being honest and authentic will take you so far. And that goes for leaders. That goes for someone leading themselves through their own journey and their own path and their own career. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like we should almost end on this. Like it's just, that was such a powerful um, message really. So thank you for that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. You started it. Well, I hope, uh, yeah, well, well you taught me it. So (laughs) Um, uh, thank you. Listen, I, I feel like you've, you've shared a lot today. Um, and I know that people are going to, you know, probably some of the people listening to this already know who you are, but I hope got to dig a little bit deeper and hear more from Jesse. And then for those of you who have never met Jesse or haven't got to experience her, I highly suggest that, um, you follow her and, uh, start collaborating on all this new and exciting, these new and exciting projects that you're working on um, with other leaders in the industry and outside. So how do people find you? Uh, Okay. Good question. I'm on Instagram at Jesse, J E S S I E underscore Ashley underscore Lewis, L E W I S. Um, And then I was just thinking about my Facebook. I'm pretty sure it's Jessica Ashley Lewis, but it might actually be. Yeah. I think it's Jessica Clinton Lewis. (laughs) Jessica Clinton Lewis, I think. But (laughs) we'll uh, we'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. You know, it, it's you don't know what your name is. You're just on there talking to people. Listen, <laughs> um, I'll make sure we list it all in the show notes. I just want to thank you so, 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 so much for um, coming on and having these conversations. And um, especially in this time and place, again, that we're in. Um, I know I, I, I'll speak for myself and say that... Um, my thoughts and 
positive vibes and loves goes out to every single person listening to this, your communities, your salons, um, your families. I hope that everyone is healthy and well, and I know we're going to get through this on the other side. Is there anything um, you want to add to that, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, so uh, I'm a woman of faith um, through and through, and I hope it's okay. I'm going to say this, Alex, but um, mm-hmm. just as I mentioned before, it's, very, very important to be knowledgeable on what's going on. And it's important to follow the news um, and to know what's happening. And additionally, I would add that it's important to not let it consume you and to remember that there is light and hope through this and that, um, you know, we will get through this. This is, this is not something that we need to go into fearful. This is something we need to go into knowledgeable and um, with proper planning we will all make it through this. There's too many people fighting for other people to think that anybody's going to come out of this on the wrong side of it. So, um, you know, many prayers, so many prayers out to the people who are affected and sick right now um, and to their families that cannot go in and hug them and touch them and tell them they love them. Um, To the healthcare workers. And uh, I mean, there are so many people that are doing amazing, beautiful things. And I said it the other day on my video, and I go to this every time something big like this is happening. There are so many helpers for us to keep our eyes on and to be focused on the light and the positive in this space um, and not let the worry consume you or the anxiety take over your thoughts. We'll get through this, and there are many beautiful things going on. So my prayers are with everybody. I'm appreciative for the time we got to spend today. Um, And if anybody has any questions or want to talk anything out loud with me, by all means, I'm always available. So um, thank you for this platform to share that, Alex, and, um, you know, for this space that you're creating and will continue to develop to elevate our industry and the people in it and support each other. It's a really big deal that we're that we're a community. So thank you. Thank you. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. And um, we will see you next time on Fearless. Bye, guys. Bye.